1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Lee Griffiths is taking time out of football To deal with what Brendan Rodgers calls personal issues Rangers take on Rapid Vienna without Ryan Kent And without training on the pitch prior to kickoff. And Aberdeen go top six after winning a five goal thriller Against Livingston I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Yes, plenty in the news front today uh, Gordon, obviously problems for Lee Griffiths And we wish him well as he gets the backing and support of Celtic and Scottish football And also two big games tomorrow night We don't need to tell you Celtic uh, up against Salzburg and Rangers uh, and Vienna And two other news stories today uh, Involving our people with clubs, Hearts, Craig Levine The two game ban for his comments And Nathan Ralph, uh, his red Card stands Which If that was another part of the world That would cause quite a stir Ah yeah Jim Duffy Scottish football never rests On Mm -hmm. the field As Mark says Huge games tomorrow Mm -hmm. I mean in some ways You could say season defining Games to to an extent Mm -hmm. Uh, And then of course um, Off field issues For Lee Griffiths at the moment Yeah I mean On the pitch You know I mean There's two fantastic games To look forward to um, You know In December It's been a It's been a long time So we've had two you know, really important uh, European ties in, in December, Gordon. I can't remember the last time. So it was, it'd was be great if, if both were clubs who could have uh, good positive results. And as for Lee, you know, I mean, you know, everyone kind of suggested there might be some aspects uh, um, that, uh, you know, had to be looked at. And, 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 and I think he's obviously then went to the club. They've had a discussion about it. And Brendan Rodgers came out publicly today and said that, um, you know, that he's getting all the support um, that the club can give him And uh, as, as Mark said Then we hope that that's successful And he's back on a pitch In a good frame of mind In the not too distant future The number you need to get in touch tonight Is 01419511025 If you would rather tweet Then we are at Clyde SSB Busy show as always So do get in touch Let us know uh, what is on your mind Let's hear from Brendan Rogers. He says Lee Griffiths will get All the professional help he needs After it was confirmed He will take time away From football The Celtic boss says The strikers dealing with Ongoing personal issues. He says Griffiths needs to get back to a happy place and will have the full support of everyone at the club. Lee will be Lee will be taken out of football now for a little period of time. Lee's had ongoing issues now for for a number of months and he's done amazing to, to get through to play to to the level and score some of the goals that he has. But he's reached a point where it's a struggle for him and uh, and now for us we're going to give him all the professional help that he possibly needs to get himself into uh, a good place again to come back doing what he uh, what he does best but in order to do that he needs to he needs to find a happiness you know he's he's a father of five children he's a great guy but football is and and life is tough for him so we want to help him with that so he'll be out of football for for a period of time and uh, and we'll let you know another time when he's when he's back the last time he was out it was with the calf injuries is this now something more than just a physical injury yeah it's been ongoing in my, in my time here with Lee uh, I'm very close with him we've got a, a strong relationship and he, he's, he's had a number of issues uh, around uh, around outside of the, the football environment so um, so I think for us it's and, and thankfully for him nowadays the issues that can 
come across uh, young players and, and young people in general. There's great support out there and professional support, and it's no longer a weakness now to talk. It's uh, it's something there where we can help people, uh, and that's something that we we aim to do with him. And he's all our support as his staff and these players and the supporters to help him get uh, get back to a good place. Yeah, you know some some words of comfort there for, for Brendan Rodgers. He said, you know, we believe it's it's, it's gambling problems that, that Lee Griffiths um, has. It's been widely. It reported um, already, and you know when it's something like like that, Gordon, or, or any kind of illness that can affect you. This is not something where Lee Griffiths will disappear for two or three weeks and come back. This is something that he will have to face up to and tackle, and need professional help to deal with day in day out for the rest of his his, his life. So we do wish him well. It's not um, something that uh, that can be treated lightly. It's not as we say. It's not a physical injury where you get treatment and you go over it after a few weeks it's an ongoing problem it's something that's very very serious that, that you know that's that's a lot more than football as it be your life off the park and how that that life that you lead affects others and I thought Brendan Rogers there with, with the words that he gave handled it superbly and the, the most important thing is that he's got the full support of the football club and they are now helping him get professional help when you listen to the words of Brendan Rodgers, Jim, talking about essentially Lee Griffiths struggling with life, that, that, mm-hmm. that's it in a nutshell, mm-hmm. um, and we get very hyped up about football in this part of the world, mm-hmm. um, and every now and then something comes along where you, you sort of realise that there is more to life than than that, and that's what this is about for Lee Griffiths, it's about trying to find a, a happiness, a way to negotiate his way through life, um, and clearly stepping away from football for a while is going to be the best way to do that. Yeah, I think a lot of people um, forget that footballers, it's a job and therefore they're affected by the same issues as everybody else can have, um, Gordon. I think someone thinks if you earn good money, if you're in the public eye, you know, you're immune to personal issues, but you're not. And, um, you know, Lee is one of many, many players. I know the PFA are currently putting, um, you know, something together regarding mental health issues, which is is becoming a very, very uh, prominent in, in amongst young footballers. Uh, and it's, it's actually worrying, um, you know, the, that aspect of it. So, you know, this is something that uh, a high-profile club at Celtic and high-profile Lee, you know, that, that um, perhaps can help some other people. And this is, um, you know, we, 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 uh, you know, we, we hope, wish, as I said, Lee mm. Griffiths well. But um, there are many, many young players just now affected by a variety of personal issues. Um, as as I, I've mentioned on the program myself, the, even the clubs I've been with over the last few years, I've seen a dramatic increase, and in, um, you know, the the support and help needed for, um, as I said, a lot of a lot of different issues. So it's a growing. Concern in football So, so you uh, mean in the latter yes. parts of your managerial career yep. com- Compared to the start You've seen yes. a lot more players actually you know, Chap your door and, yes. and say I'm, I'm struggling Yes as, as, as Brendan Rodgers stated there it, um, you know, it might have been A decade or so ago Kind of you know Seemed, seemed as a weakness Or, or people were a, a little bit you know, Worried about maybe coming out and making it public But now that's not the case So players will come to you and will explain situations you do have a rapport with your players. I think that's important. Brendan Rodgers said himself, he's got a very good relationship. That's important uh, because it means then that not only does the manager trust Lee Griffiths to come to him with a situation, but Lee Griffiths trusts his manager <laughs> to go and explain the situation. And that is vital. And and many players will come to the manager because they feel that they can trust him. And uh, as I say, but it is a situation which is 
I wouldn't call it prolific in Scottish football, but I certainly think it's a growing concern and something that I think we'll, we'll, we'll hear more and more about uh, with with many players as as the as the season unfolds. I think things that that, that concern me, Gordon, that you know, and if it's a high profile case like like Lee Griffiths as we're as we're talking about just now, Jim's mentioned the PFA. There, we're talking about clubs. Mm. You know what we have to do is whether it's. Gambling addictions, whether it's alcohol addiction, drug addiction, whether it's mental health, depression, whatever it may be, what we have to do, football clubs, PFA, even our government, is actually get in about it properly. Because what happens is there's too much, it's just a case of we just ticks up, we tick that box that makes us seem like we're actually doing anything, but we're not really doing anything. And what they have to do is actually tackle it properly, take it seriously, have dedicated people on site because all over the landscape um, it's just too much about ticking a box just doing the absolute bare minimum of what they need to do to get funding for this or funding for that but they've actually no really got a lot of substance to it and the other thing they have to do with football clubs if I just want to mention say for example gambling as a specific in general what gets me is when you there's, there's a problem with gambling in football a major problem um, with it but what's getting me is football clubs allow players to have card schools and therefore you know you're not helping a, a situation it's not as I rife think, as I what think it that was that's a lot less uh, yeah, I, but I, still know, goes I know on. for myself I banned, I banned them uh, on the buses many mm-hmm. many years ago when I was in Dundee because players were losing money travelling to a game mm-hmm. and then when they get to that game mm-hmm. their the, the, the mind was on uh, Alex Race did in here and told us you yeah. know from his time yeah. in yeah. Sunderland and so on yeah so I, I banned them uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, do, doing that but to, to be fair, the PFA, with the limited resources they have in Scotland in comparison to, to England, they do have um, a support unit. They do have medical uh, and professional people you can go to and, and it is, um, you know, uh, for yourself, it's, it's confidential. And I think mm. that's really important as well. So the players can go there confidentially. So there are there is parts of it there, but obviously a club that Celtic can have Maybe better resources, yep. more people to go to understand that. But there are there are resources out there, and there is help out there. And I think it's something, as I said, to will will is grown. Uh, Gordon, uh, let's get the thoughts of John in the East End. Hi, John. Hi, there. hi guys. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, John. Uh, um, my point tonight is to uh, Mark and Jim. Um, I last called the show um, in World Mental Health Day early in mm-hmm. October, and it was to pose the point to everyone that. You know, maybe we should all kind of take a step back and think about the effect that the abuse at the time that we've been given to Lee Griffiths was actually going to have on him, um, especially with every aspect of his life over the past five, six years being in the media, whether that be footballing or personal, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and the response that I got from Jim was, yeah, well, he could, but he couldn't. And the response mm-hmm. I got from Mark was, yeah, but we don't want to label people because, you know, you can't really do that. And that wasn't my point at the time. My point was just to get everybody to kind of stop the vitriolic abuse that Giff was getting. And that's really my point tonight is, mm. you know, hearing this Brendan Rodgers coming out today and saying this kind of backs up that point that how bad has it got for him since the start of October till now? Yeah, listen, John makes a very fair point And this is something that has almost been coming up in the last couple of nights in, in relation to, to various other things. Is it about time we stopped thinking that football players are bulletproof and are there to be on the receiving end of anything that that, that people want to shout at? Yeah, them? I mean, I think when when you have a, a, an illness, um, you know, but now 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 it's confirmed that he's needing some help. Then, but we can't speculate. We couldn't speculate at that time. John was yeah. speculating at that time that there might have been an issue, and 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 
you know, sadly, he's been proved right. That's not. But we we couldn't speculate that time because it might not have yeah. been the case. Now that we're we're aware, then fine. But you know, footballers do live their life in the public life, and as much as we can say tonight, you will guarantee there will still be people on Twitter, on you know whatever social media sites they have, who will ridicule uh, Lee Griffiths tonight. There, there, there will be people like that, and that's the sad aspect of people in, in the public life. But um, football, as I said before, shouldn't be treated any different from any other walk of life. But uh, sadly, as at times, people think that uh, you know you you're, you're there, um, you know, as 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 a as a, a a vehicle, if you want to call it that, for for people to to have have their views on, and you're not. But uh, listen, there's a lot a lot of issues. We've just you know we heard so much recently about the racism, uh, racism and va- variety of other issues um, that are affecting football just now. And people think that they've got a right to abuse people, uh, and they just don't, regardless of whether they have mental health issues or not. But but it seems to be an accepted part of football for a mm. hundred years. John, do you think that high-profile examples like this will go some way, anyway, to an increased realization that we have to treat footballers a bit better? Well, you're always going to have the they make thousands a week argument, you know the. They make so much money that how are they not happy? You're always going to have that viewpoint on them, but you know, kind of very in a very similar way to Raheem Sterling, it's just a case in point of thinking about the way your behaviour is on someone else, thinking about the abuse that you give to someone. You know, even down to the guy's kids have been threatened online. You know, it's that's how bad it's gotten for him. That his own children have been threatened, and it's you know people just need to really consider their own actions and what they're actually doing to people because it can have serious effects on them Mark Guidi where the high profile examples maybe do help and should help is this awareness that anyone can can struggle with if it's going to be um, addiction if it's mental illness there, there is no link there just because you're famous and have lots of money and lots of success mm. that doesn't mean you're immune to these things no. so that should be a clear and obvious reminder to everyone that it can happen to anyone. Yeah, you know, mental health is is the same as being diagnosed with cancer. Doesn't matter how much or, or, or leukemia or, or or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. Doesn't matter how big your house is. You know, it doesn't discriminate, as they say, and that's the same way with mental health. Um, and I think what the problem is as soon as you say somebody's got a really serious illness or a terminal, right away there's a wave of sympathy. But I think for mental health, there's still that kind of Stigma, you know, I don't really think it's taken seriously um, enough. And and if you're addicted to something, that can lead to depression. It gives you the, the mental health issues. So they're all they're all connected, um, Gordon. But I still think of society has got a bit of a way to go until it fully appreciates um, mental health and the different things that are attached to it. You know, let's be honest. If if we want to say tonight that Lee Lee Griffiths has been diagnosed with cancer. The, the, the outpour, but because it's mental health and it's not quite been cleared up exactly the specifics um, of it, there's not that great amount of, of, of sympathy or, or understanding, and there has to be, and that's something that society needs to learn. Mm. And, and by raising awareness and by talking about it and by doing things, then it certainly goes a long way to help. Uh, John, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I certainly can't remember any or, or many examples of you know a club publicly saying, Yep, you know, this player's struggling. He'll be taking time away from football What do you make of that As, as an approach f- from Celtic From Lee Griffiths Is that something that could help? It's certainly a great a great approach And it should certainly be something That 
a lot of other clubs should now look at and, and consider, you know, having the same approach. You know, maybe it doesn't have to be public, but giving your players, you know, that ability to take some time for themselves to, to focus on themselves and their own mental health doesn't necessarily have to be made public, but just giving them that ability to, to fix themselves and if want a better term, then yeah, I think that's a great a great thing to do. Okay, thank you to John in the East End. 01419511025 is the phone number tonight. Twitter is at Clyde SSB. I'm sure we'll hear more on the Lee Griffiths situation as the show progresses. Uh, but next up, we're going to go to Austria, speak to Alison Conroy, and hear from Stephen Gerrard. So get your thoughts in on Rapid Vienna against Rangers. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard on Twitter we're at Clyde SSB and on the phones 01419511025 uh, lots of supportive messages coming in for Lee Griffiths Nick says uh, it just shows you it doesn't matter how successful you are or how big the smile is everyone needs to be happy within themselves your mental state is the most important thing no matter who you are there is help out there for everyone and nobody's alone in their fight well said to Nick 01419511025 Rangers fans let's hear from you ahead of this game in Austria tomorrow crunch Europa League game against Rapid Vienna uh, let's cross over and speak to our reporter Alison Conroy who's there at the moment Alison Good evening Gordon from a snowy wet cold Vienna I know it sounds terrible I shouldn't complain it is I saw your Vienna. pictures of you at the, the Christmas market in Vienna so you'll be getting no sympathy <laughs> Talk to us about the football well, you had to go and soak what's, up the atmosphere. what's lying in store for well, the many Rangers fans who are going over mm. Well, we're not sure how many Rangers fans were told there could be 6,000, there could be 10,000, there could be 12,000, but at the end of the day, they've only got 2,500 tickets for this game. This will be the first time that it's been a sellout at the Alley Island Stadion since it was completed. So the Rapid Vienna club, uh, they're so happy about that. But what they're saying to the Rangers fans is, if you travel to Vienna, do not come to the stadium if you don't have a ticket. There'll be nobody selling tickets outside. There's no tickets here. So you'll have to find somewhere to watch it in Vienna. Rangers turned up here this afternoon thinking that we're going to be training on the pitch. They are training on a pitch, but it's the training pitch outside the stadium. They've decided not to let either side train on the pitch inside because of the condition that it's in. But Rangers boss Stephen Gerrard is trying not to get too concerned about that. I don't see it as a, a big problem. Um, it doesn't change our focus on, on tomorrow night. It's very wet. Now it's very difficult to to know how it's going to play we'll have to wait and see um, but it's the same for both teams you know we 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 never like to use excuses you know we just want to focus on our game plan um, and, and try and focus on what we need to do to win the game um, we go out there and give it our best shot quite the PA system the views there at the press conference in Vienna um, Alison what's the the, the sort of general feeling around the game itself it's obviously it's a huge game Rangers know what they need to do to try and progress yeah, Rangers need to win. It's as simple as that. Rapid Vienna, they've still got a chance as well. They just need a draw. So the Rapid Vienna coach, he's saying, though, they are not going to be playing for a draw tomorrow night here. They want to win it as much as Rangers do. As, as both sides have said, they were probably both very much the underdogs going into this group, and they're both surprised. Quite a few people, um, from Rangers' point of view, Ryan Kent, he hasn't travelled. He's got a hamstring injury. He'll be out for at least two weeks. Um, Daniel Kandias, he's, of course, suspended for this one as well. We know that Stephen Gerrard was not happy after the game against Dundee on Sunday. He wants 
a dramatic improvement tomorrow night and he is promising that it will be very different. The last two performances, I don't think we've shown the true Rangers. Um, certainly the standards we've set from the beginning of the season, so we are disappointed with the last two results. But what I would say is this is a completely different game. Um, this is going to be a different style of game. Um, we're expecting a positive performance, especially with a, you know, a very vocal crowd behind them. Um, we don't expect them to sit deep and compact and try and get men behind the ball and, and try and spoil the game like the last two games have looked like. So we're expecting a completely different match. I think this game could suit us, you know, uh, being more of a 50-50 of a match. You know, in them situations in the past, we've handled ourselves very well. Uh, thank you to Alison Conroy reporting there from Vienna. Uh, Rangers fans, let's hear from you. 01419511025. Are you bothered at all about not getting to train on the pitch? Does it make any difference? What about team selection? No Ryan Kent. He hasn't travelled. So let us know. How you would go about things tomorrow night 01419511025 The the, the news line if you like that, that came out today was about the pitch It's not mm. in a great state Rangers won't get the chance to train on it Does that matter? Does that affect preparations? I don't know if it matters that much to train But I think as long as the players you know, are aware of it What you don't want to do is be You have a wee shock to the system As you walk out there You know, maybe a couple of hours before the game As you get to the ground Then you walk in and you're getting taken by surprise Thinking, no, I didn't realise it was this bad so I think, um, you know, get to the ground, have a little walk about, even if you're not on the pitch, just on the periphery, uh, and have a good look at it and just see, you know, really what condition it's in. I know there were, uh, I think he was one of their, their players that was actually saying it's really bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it does have an impact on the game, though. I mean, because, you know, if you can't play the ball the way you want to play it, if you can't play the ball, you know, quickly on the deck and stuff like that, and you have to go a little bit back to front, then you need then players who can play that way, not just at the top end, but the midfield players who can go box to box, you know, and support. So I think it will play a part if it is really bad on the on the selection of of uh, Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally Rangers would have wanted to have trained tonight, but as Jim said, if they had a, a chance to have a walk over the pitch, they've got inside the stadium, where we look at the surroundings, you know, familiarise ourselves with it a wee bit, and then look, the real stuff starts, you know, tomorrow night at the... Six o'clock was it, Gordon? The kickoff was five to six. So um, look, it's all about the performance, and it's all about getting better out, getting more out of his players than what he's had the, the past two games. Um, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't really see much of the Aberdeen game, but certainly watched the, the the Dundee game on on Sunday, and just just so surprised how I would say you know back the way Rangers have gone. Uh, in the past few weeks, compared to the, the the kind of buzz that was about them and the, the confidence that was there. But against Indy, when you think it's it's on a plate with seventy minutes to go, you you're one each, and the the performance was was far from acceptable. And you could see that Steven Gerrard is at the end of his tether. That said, when you bring in fifteen new players, if you can get fifty percent of them doing really well for you over a consistent period of time, you, you'd be happy with that. So it was always going to be a tall order for them to keep it going for a period of five months. But um, whatever the board can do for him in January, he will take with with open arms because. <laughs> There's just bottom line, Gordon, over a period of 38 games to become league champions, they are well short of quality at the moment. Yeah, I think you have to learn about your players' uh, character and personalities in the bad times. When Rangers started off in the Europa League, they were getting very good results, the, the, the qualifying uh, ties. And then they started the, the league. So everyone was kind of very positive, very upbeat. And I think the players were relaxed, which is which is good because they were getting a lot of positive um you know, vibes from the supporters, everyone was on side. 
Give her a couple of bad results Started I think with the semi-final against Aberdeen uh, You know a little while ago And then you know the A couple of indifferent performances Where they managed to nick results Even late on but not playing great So I think over the last maybe four or five weeks They haven't been anywhere near the same level uh, Of performance They've had one or two Particularly in Europe um, You know the, 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 the home game um, You know I, I, th- I think a few weeks ago But I think that the players have got to be able to handle playing for Rangers when they're not playing at their best. Mm. You know, that I think the the first kind of wave of criticism, even if it's not at the same level, um, is 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 there at this moment in time and they have to deal with that. And that's when you find out about your players. That I mean, as you say, those fifteen players or so, that's when you find out which ones can handle that. And there's one or two just now who just look a bit nervy. Mm. Uh, 0141-951-1025 in the phones, John's and Paisley. What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow, John? I'm quite optimistic to win tomorrow night. No, I mean, uh, let's be truthful and honest. We're punching above our weight at the moment, considering with 15 new players. But I can also bring in another point. We've played nearly a full season up to now. We've played something like 32 games. You look at Rangers' record, no, I mean, many games they've played. Mm. And more these new players, no, I mean, toll, sometimes it's going to tell. Do you know what I mean? The toll's going to tell. That, no, I mean, and also, can I, but those, the suspensions as well doesn't help us, stupid ones. That doesn't help us either with some of the performances. Because I don't believe it. You know, we miss Hartfield badly. But I'm quite optimistic we're more than night. And I, I can see where the next performance. Because obviously, this take a long toll on these guys. Yeah, well, think, panel? yeah well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, either fatigue or, you know, somebody getting tired. But I, I do think the demands of playing for Rangers, I say there's. Is is there and and you know you have, they're expected to do to do well and you know although um, it was fantastic to qualify from the, the the qualifying rounds to get into the league section because they started so well in the group I think that obviously the expectations again rose quite quickly and um, because everyone's thinking oh wait a minute here what, what a chance we've got of getting into the knockout stages and they still have a great chance I mean if you think say that the start of the competition. Listen, you get to the last game. If you win, you're through. Then they may, they may well have taken that. But I do think there's a few players off form. I agree. Scott Arfield's been a miss. I agree that the suspensions, a lot of itself, and just that I think has has been a problem. But I also think that, like the guys have discussed over the last couple of nights, keeps changing the back four all the time. Not quite sure, and mm. I think that comes down to trust because he's he can't quite trust the ones he's putting in. So. Taking them out, stick another a couple of guys in, and I think there's just been too many changes. So maybe that comes from having such a new group of players. He's still finding out himself, but I think somewhere along the line he's got to stick by either a back four or a back three, whatever way he wants to do it, and then work with them for a concerted period of time. Um, but I think uh, John's right. I think in some aspects that um, you know the the injuries and the you know the, the suspensions and stuff like that have played a part. Um, you know, but I do think there's a few of them as well. Just just dropped off the level of mm. performance, and that may just don't be ha- handling the the you know the the criticism. And that's football for you, Mark, in the sense that <laughs> I don't think qualifying out of this group, mm. first of all, getting into the Europa League, then getting through this group, I don't think that would have been an absolute priority for Rangers at the start of the season. But but once you're there and once you're within ninety minutes, you can see why that that expectation rises. That. Obsession with the idea of getting through. Oh, great! You know, absolutely. You know, you've got to applaud Rangers. I think if you if you decide to be back at the qualifying process, um, Gordon, late late June, early July, you know, you'll be you'll be one game away um, from making the last thirty two the knockout stages. You know, I think I don't think many of us would have believed that to be honest. But here they are. Rangers are in that that situation and absolutely go for it. The financial rewards. 
the as many things as well players values can go up you know, they, they could be the end of getting a, a, an Inter Milan or something like that you know and the next round they'll, they'll 50,000 at Hydro so we get through in the next round so we get the financial bit to it as well for Stephen Gerrard as a young manager brilliant for his CV you know to be able to go and do that in his first full season all that kind of stuff but they will need to be regardless of, of Rapid Vienna the form and the pitch and they will need to be a major um, improvement and apart from anything else as well keep 11 men on the pitch John. I mean how hard is it just keep 11 men on the pitch you go how job. hard is it mm. yeah 11 men on the park yep <laughs> anyway, listen I've been going it's a pity I'd like to compliment the Rangers supporters because for the first time that Rapid Vienna's ground's going to be filled mm-hmm. to capacity for the first time since it's been built and the rent is going to be about 10,000 in there so it's going to be a phenomenal night listen they're no mugs there's no mugs in Europe you know what I mean they're a hard team to break down and they've shown that some of the decisions right enough have not helped us I reckon you know what I mean had we went 4-2 up in Moscow, we would have been well fine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sunday again, I think if we scored in the second goal quite early on is what we did, we would have tore Dundee apart, but it just gave Dundee a chance to regroup and we just didn't perform. So it is a hard task, but it's a brand new team. And if you'd asked me six months ago where I'd be, if we sitting where we're sitting, then I would call you a liar, basically, because I couldn't see it happening. Mm-hmm. So I'll take everything in the good that's gone and look forward to what's gone for onwards or upwards. What are the personnel issues for, for Stephen Gerrard? I know they were quite keen to get Ryan Kent back. He came back, it's now a different hamstring injury. He hasn't travelled with the squad. Um, I mean, how much of a blow is that? I know there's been, as Jim says, a lot of fascination about the, the makeup of the central defence recently as well. Yeah, well, it's been um, Warrell and Goldson. More recently, Katic started the season. He's been kind of phased out. I, c- I can understand why. Can't I remember the, the, the game at Hamilton Aki's and Astrotuff and uh, as much as Rangers won the game, but Katic just seemed all over the place. Then you look at the goal that, that you know between Goldson and uh, Warrell they've conceded on, on Sunday. Uh, the long ball through to, through to Kenny Miller that just shouldn't happen. You know, you just clear your lines. Um, so it's been good. Rangers have. Uh, have been have been good and they've been very fortunate and this is not a, a criticism this is a compliment because you look down the road at the great goalies to have had a goalkeeper in the best form I think he's ever been in and that's saying something because he's been outstanding for more than a decade and Alan McGregor who you know again a goalkeeper's there to make saves but in many ways he's pulled off saves that he maybe should have been pulling off because they've been that outstanding and he's maybe you know covered up a few sins here and there from, from the guys in front of him and every now and again he can't do it he can't bail them out and they, and, they, and they get shown up so they've got to tighten up defensively and as I've said many times for, in, in, in recent weeks I don't know where you get them from that's up to Stephen Gerrard and his scouting team and for the board to, to try and provide as much funds as possible but they need to find a proper heartbeat of the team a guy that's going to be there permanently, that's going to have an identity that can, that the club or the team can build itself around. For me, they don't have that um, at the moment. And uh, whether they can get it in in January, I don't know, but they need to find that kind of player. Yeah, I mean, I think we've spoken, obviously there was a lot of talk in the last few days about Stephen Davis, whether his um, return to, to Ibrox would be, you know, um, a good thing or not. I mean, again, that's the opinion of the fans, I think, really. Um, obviously, Greg Dockery, he's the other one, you know, he was out loan and down at Shrewsbury. And whether he would come back, uh, you know, and uh, compete uh, for a place um, in that midfield, is he, is he better than Koulibaly, is he better than Najari, you know, Andy Halliday, um, obviously, you know, Ryan Jack, Ryan all these Jack, kind of guys. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of players there 
But I still think, you know, get get the defence sorted out first and foremost. I think at the start of the campaign they look very solid, but they've 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 lost their way a little bit. They're making too many basic errors, and again, as I said, you you look at the the squad now. He does have the option of going to three at the back. He could go with you know Macaulay, who's experienced player, stick him in the middle with with Goldson and Morrow either side. Um, it would then have to sacrifice the shape a little bit with with with, with Kent being out just now. It might be the time to do that. Um, Candias is obviously suspended as well for tomorrow night, so it might be a shout to put in three at the back because that still gives them three in midfield, which he seems to want, and allows them maybe an extra front player um, to maybe the you know because obviously Rangers have to go and win the game. Cash for Kids Mission Christmas in partnership with Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington, caring about children in Glasgow and the West. A big, big thank you if you've already donated to Clyde One's Mission Christmas this year. One way that you can still help, though, is to join in our Christmas Jumper Day. It is tomorrow. Uh, that is, of course, the 13th of December. Now, you could still plenty of time to get your whole work involved. Maybe ask your teacher if the class can take part. doesn't really matter what you do, whether you're a taxi driver or you're out and about working. Throw on the brightest Christmas jumper you can. Wear it with a smile and donate to Cash for Kids Mission Christmas along the way. Now, if you want to get involved, you can donate just £5 by texting the word Clyde to 700. 0808 That's Clyde To 70808 Every penny Goes towards helping children Who need it the most Within Glasgow And the West That's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas With Wholesale Domestic Bathrooms Hillington Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com It's Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard You can get in touch in two ways On Twitter At Clyde SSB Or on the phones 01419511025 Two huge games to build up to In the Europa League tomorrow So let's do that What do you think your team's chances of progressing are and what about the, the team selection and everything else that goes into the big matches let us know what you think 01419511025 um, bit of news regarding Craig Levine today Mark Guidi and that he has been given a notice of complaint for recent comments made uh, about referees yep yeah, specifically the the Rangers game when Bobby Madden was the referee yeah that um, yeah, and I don't think Craig will have expected this because I think he, he, he carefully, or in his mind, he carefully chose his words um, by using a reference to Neil Lennon by saying, that I'm, I'm basically repeating what Neil Lennon said, and Neil Lennon didn't get, get hauled up or didn't get uh, fined or suspended or a touchline ban. Um, but the authorities on this occasion have decided to give him a two-game ban at the moment, which he has the, the right to appeal, Gordon, unless I'm, I'm mistaken. Yeah Jim, in fact I'll tell you what I'll just, just play the comments Let's remind ourselves um, Of what was said a couple of weeks back by Craig Levine I read a quote from Neil Lennon a few weeks ago When they went to Celtic Park He was in the Celtic Park And he said that we were playing against 12 men That's how I feel today How Morelos stays on the park Never mind, does it gets through that without a booking I will never know I mean some of the decisions today were abysmal Austin phoned John Fleming a while ago Because we lost With three goals that were given against us That were offside and because the linesman made mistakes. And John Fleming suggested that we held the line on the 18-yard line to make it easier for his officials. <laughs> so we did that today. And he's still f***ing <laughs> <all> wrong. <laughs> that, that's 13 we were playing against. And the good thing is, Neil Lennon didn't get any punishment. So the referee was abysmal, and we were playing against 12 men. That's my view on it. Uh, it was an interesting approach from, from Craig Levine at the time, Jim As if to say, well, no, Neil Lennon said this and didn't get punished So I'm going to say it, and I assume I won't be punished 
um, Not a safe assumption By the looks <laughs> of it So a hearing has been set for December 20th A week tomorrow at Hamden What do you make of all this? Yeah, I'm guessing he'll probably ask for a personal hearing and uh, and go and say exactly what he said there. Well, listen, if, if if that is the rule, then why is it the rule for me and not for someone else? I don't like the fact that you refer to someone else. That's me personally. If you've got a view, have your view. Don't refer to someone else's view. But um, again, listen, you know, you can never really kind of work these out. We've had so many uh, chats about this. Uh, situation not not just in terms of players but the, the disciplinary procedures um Gordon over the season and you can't you can't work them out you know obviously likes uh you know the boy Ralphie day has his uh um you know appeal um, was thrown out and that, his, is, that his, is a baffling one Jeff. his ban will stand so but uh, all the time uh, Matt we, we know how it works we know how the system works but we still don't uh or very rarely do we agree with it um so from Craig's point of view Listen, he was angry, he was frustrated, he was disappointed, you know, you get all get all of those things. But as I've said before, he will get the benefit, he will get decisions that, that uh, will go against him. So, for instance, when um, I think it was the McLean grabbed, um, you know, Edward. Yeah, Kwasi. Uh, yeah. Kwasi, sorry, in the box and stuff like that. Craig kind of laughed it off and kind of joked at it. In, in yet in the same same comment he's on about Morella so he should be should be stay mm. off the pitch and things like that so you get frustrated when it's other players but when it's in your own players I think we all his experience I was a little bit surprised how animated he actually he actually was in that situation there but I thought, listen he's going to ask for a personal hearing I'm sure he'll put his case and if mm. if, if there is a, a kind of a guideline to go down then you know I think it'll probably get reduced to one but maybe one suspended 0141-951-1025 on the phones Twitter as always is at Clyde SSB Let's hear from Eddie in View Park Hi Eddie Hiya, how you doing mate? Yeah, not bad What's your take on this Eddie? Right um, My point is the, the managers just now are being criticised And they're being punished uh, For having uh, An opinion on the, the referees On their performance Right? Now, why don't we have professional referees in this country? We have part-time referees in this country, right? Our referees are a joke when it comes to the rest of the world. I, I, I mean well, I, I'll be the way Eddie Because I've, I watch Champions League football I'm sure you do Watch English Premier League football And I see some absolute Howling mistakes From professional referees Right But well, I mean you've got I think you're allowed to, you're allowed an opinion, Eddie, as long as you're not accusing a referee of cheating or or of bias. But you can say, listen, I'm really disappointed mm-hmm. the referee had a couple of shockers. Mm-hmm. You, you can say that, but it just depends, uh, mm-hmm. you know, exactly word for word. If you if you cross a line, listen, it's been a tough few weeks for referees. It's been well documented and well highlighted. Um, but one thing I've, I've I've said before in this program. And I'll say it again, where I've got sympathy 
for the referees now particularly let's take for example the St Johnston v Hearts game where Andrew Dallas has given a penalty for clearly a contact that did not take place now Andrew Dallas um, who for me is not a good enough not consistent enough uh, for the highest level in, in this country however I've something that because unless I'm mistaken there's no contact but the St Johnson guy forgive me if I forget his name has jumped Just up in the air and fallen down like a sack attack yeah. he's now Andrew Dallas gets criticised for that yes he shouldn't have given it a penalty because there was nothing to see so he's imagined something however what about the player who's blatantly mm-hmm. cheating Mm-hmm. So for all the referees get stick And sometimes it's deserved But for me Probably more often than not It's actually our own players That are cheating fellow professionals That's putting highlights onto the, the referee And they're actually What about the St Johnston player? What about all the players that dive? Some of them get caught out Some of them don't And that's what I've said before in this programme with, with Fraser Wishett And for whatever reason He won't take a stand The players union won't take a stand on it Why not set an agenda? And at the start of the season Say you know what? Fellow professional, professional to pressure, you know, guys who are all maybe be shoulder to shoulder and different things. I ain't going to cheat. I'm going to tell everybody not to cheat, not to con, and see if they do. Because it, because it basically starts with the players. It doesn't it start with the referee? It starts with the players. They can do that and actually clean up their own game. Never mind the referees and proving we might have a better product. Eddie, do you see? The, do you see the distinction? As Mark Greedy says, uh, I wouldn't go as far as saying the rules are, are clear, but the rules are there. Craig Levine is more than entitled to come out at the end of the game and say I thought the referee had a terrible game I thought he got 15 decisions wrong Made it really difficult for us and so on and so forth You are allowed to say that, you are allowed to have an opinion But it's once you imply bias that you land yourself in hot water Do you see the difference? Yeah, yeah, I can see the difference, right But the other point is You could make the other side of the coin saying Why are the referees not um, questioned? with regards to these huge decisions, right? Why, why, um, why is it when there's a press conference, right, say, at King Castle, at Easter Road, at Parkhead, right? You guys in the media, you question the managers, right? No one ever questions the referees on the major decisions that they've made during these high-profile matches. You mean to the referees, like, question them personally? Yeah, yeah, there's just unfortunately there's just no there's no process there's in place no mechanism for that. For they don't want that to happen, Eddie. Um, I mean, you sort of see, you can kind of see the thinking behind it, Jim, because that would then you'd only want to speak to the referee about his mistakes, wouldn't you? No one's going to ask him about the brilliant decisions he made. You're only going to want to <laughs> ask him about the mistakes. Yeah, I mean, John McKendrick came out um, the other day, and, and listen, referees are getting uh, you know quite a lot of abuse, and obviously just recently. You know, um, coins thrown at them, and uh, you know, kind of, you know, f- f- things that we, we think is totally unacceptable. Um, so, you know, we've got to make sure we respect our officials. But you know, and and, and down south, and uh, you know, say Sky and stuff like that, they've got the you know the former referees looking at decisions every week, and we're saying that our referees are poor. There's some horrendous decisions down there by very well-paid professional referees. They're now, the, the players are coming out there, you know, screaming for VAR. They want, and now um, Rafael Benitez at the weekend screaming for VAR, you know. So even with all of the, the, the money they've got with the professional ranks, they're still not happy. And, and by the way, see when they get VAR in, they'll still complain about something. Mm-hmm. So because it's the pressure that these guys are under, the, the managers, and they're fearful of their jobs. So therefore, every decision is scrutinised. You're not supposed to have a look at the, the 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 incident as it happens, but 
they've all they've all got video analysis yeah. guys in the stand Laptop. feeding yeah feeding the information down to the bench so they get it immediately so that's the reason why you, the, the the referee the sort of the managers are going to these things that's happening it's happening up here as well yeah. so listen I've got sympathy for referees the high profile games will always attract more attention. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. It is time for Beat the Pundit We've still not heard from Brendan Rodgers on Celtic's game tomorrow So we'll do that once we finish Beat the Pundit Now's your chance to step up to the plate 0141 951 1025 If you do fancy it tonight You up against Mark Guidi or Jim Duffy And remember, all this week just for getting on Doesn't matter how badly you do Just for getting on Two tickets to a Legends of Football event uh, Which will certainly interest you Rangers fans uh, Particularly at this time of year 0141 951 1025 Be quick, you only have until the news at 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors a team that gets results every week talk to thompsons.com Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard couple of ways for you to get in touch uh, at Clyde SSB is on Twitter and the number on the phone is 01419511025 we kicked off uh, by talking about that news that Lee Griffiths will take an indefinite period away from football to deal with some issues that he has going on uh, we've also been looking ahead to Celtic and Rangers two big games in the Europa League tomorrow as well so any thoughts on any of the above do get in touch we're about to hear from Brendan Rodgers specifically on the football and we'll do that after this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL latest Every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It is Beat the Pundit time Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy are both here and ready And one of them is going to be taking on Ryan from the Gorbals How are you tonight Ryan? I'm doing well guys, thanks Any good stuff and of course Ryan All this week, I don't know if you've been listening But just for getting on You've won yourself a pair of tickets To a Legends of Scottish Football event With Colin Steen and Willie Johnson That sound good? Nice one Absolutely Are you going to go yourself Or is that getting stuck in With someone's Christmas present? Oh well it was my big brother's 40th uh, last, last week So that will get added On his 40th present That sounds good I think listen 40 He sounds right Right about the, the the good age To appreciate that Mark Guidi That's going to be right Oh no he's well past that <laughs> He's uh, I hope he's not listening right I'm going to toss the coin And see who you're up against Heads it will be Mark Guidi uh, And tails it will be Jim Duffy and his heads. So Mark Weedy, get those headphones on please and they'll give you a bit of Clyde too so that you don't know what Ryan's saying. Ryan, you've got 30 seconds. You're going head to head with Mark. You can pass. Your time starts when you're ready. You ready? Go for it. Which Hearts player is expected to make his 200th appearance on Friday? Uh, pass. Name any team in Scotland under 21's European qualifying group. Eh... Uh, Holland. Who did Lewis Ferguson join Aberdeen from? Hamilton. In what year were Ross County runners up in the Scottish Cup? Uh, 12. Which domestic trophy did Gordon Strachan only win once as Celtic manager? Scottish Cup. Which current Scottish manager played a season in Hong Kong in 1995? In 1995? Mm-hmm. Which Scottish manager? Which current uh, Scottish manager, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Bobby Williamson Okay, let me bring Mark Guidi back Mark, are you with us? Yep Right, same set of questions to you Are you ready? Yep Which Hearts player is expected to make his 200th appearance on Friday? No idea Name any team in Scotland under 21's qualifying group Um, Spain 
Who did Lewis Ferguson join Aberdeen from? Hamilton Ackies. In what year were Ross County runners up in the Scottish Cup? 2010. Which domestic trophy did Gordon Strachan win only once as Celtic manager? League Cup. Which current Scottish manager played a season in Hong Kong in 1995? Ian McCall. And what year just about started it? will finish it. What year did Paul Le Guin join Rangers? 2006. Okay. How do you think that went, Ryan? I think he's practised I think he's pipped you Maybe getting on to the last question Let's go through them The first one Which Hearts player is expected To make his 200th appearance Jim any ideas? Christoph Berra It is Christoph Berra So it was a nil-nil to start off And it was nil-nil After question two as well Any team in Scotland Under 21's qualifying group You had the choice Of Croatia Czech Republic Greece Lithuania And San Marino How many times Have Scotland teams Been drawn against Lithuania As well Honestly Uh, So nil nil On to question three Who did Lewis Ferguson Join Aberdeen from A nice one to get you involved There we go Both of you knew It was Hamilton Ackies One all Uh, What year were Ross County Runners up In the Scottish Cup It was 2010 So Mark Guidi knew it Which moves him into the lead But Ryan equalised Straight away The only trophy The trophy that Gordon Strachan Won once Was the Scottish Cup Uh, And you went for the League Cup Which current Scottish manager Played a season in Hong Kong in 95 uh, the team was called Happy Valley and it was Ian McCall so Mark Guidi moves in front Ryan and you can't catch him because he, he got on to the last question Paul Le joined Rangers in 2006 4 to Mark 2 to you Ryan Hard lines uh, Close one that's 0 out of 2 by the way Third time lucky Right we'll have you oh, back yeah. sometime You can go for oh, the third Ryan. time um, But anyway Ryan's a winner anyway He's going to see Colin Steen and Willie Johnson An evening with those two At the Concert Hall in Glasgow The 10th of um, of January Tickets still available uh, And if you want to try and win them We will do it again tomorrow night And Friday night On Beat the Pundit There we go So that was Ryan in the Gorbals uh, Let me see what else are we moving on to I did say we were going to hear from Brendan Rodgers on the football because we heard from him on that Lee Griffith situation him taking time out of football to deal with personal issues what about the football f- for Celtic tomorrow we've already looked at, at Rangers yeah draw required at home to uh, Salzburg Salzburg played 5-1-5 five, five. they've already qualified will they take their foot off the gas a wee bit maybe they will will they try a few different players yep more than likely but will they still be difficult to get a point against aye absolutely uh, but Celtic with Fifty-five to 60,000 supporters there and um, you know playing very very well just now full of confidence I think Celtic will get a result it wouldn't surprise me if Celtic actually go and get a victory uh, tomorrow night Gordon but for sure I fancy Celtic to qualify yeah well hopefully the you know the Salzburg uh, are a little bit like Real Madrid tonight to were 2 nothing down against CSK Moscow in the Bernabeu and I think that that can tell you even if you're a good team you know if, you, if, if, you've, if you've already achieved your objective, then you might just be missing that little edge and, and hopefully that's the case for Salzburg tomorrow night and Celtic can take full advantage of that. But nevertheless, Celtic, I think, play at their best when they're on the front foot going for a win. I just can't see them being conservative and, and looking for that point. Maybe with 10 minutes to go, if it's like that, if it's if still, still level scores perhaps. But I, I certainly see Celtic taking the game and they know that if they get a goal, there's every chance then that the, the, the very minimum they'll get then is, is, is that point required. So yeah, I can see Celtic um, getting through to the knockout stages. Let's hear from Brendan Rodgers. And in fact, let's hear from you. 0141 951 1025. Uh, Rodgers was speaking ahead of the game. The Hoops boss says they have their fate in their own hands but simply will not be p- playing just for a point. I think what was important for us was that, that we arrived into the last game and, and it was all in our hands. We've obviously won two of our games at home, a game away from home and, and putting ourselves into a great position 
position. So we know it's going to be a really tough game for us. Salzburg have shown already that they're a top-class side, but um, but we get the chance to show the the confidence and the belief that we've had virtually from just after the game when we played them with that combination of the the crowd and the atmosphere, looking to really uh, get a result that takes us into uh, the, the next stage. I think it's unworkable as a coach and a manager to to go in and especially when your when your game is based around an offensive game, an aggressive game. You know that that's our intent always to, is to go and win. Uh, of course, there, there, there's certain stages in the game, especially towards the end, if you're in an advantageous position that you can uh, you can manage the game. I think it's always dangerous to to go into a game thinking that you only need a point, especially for us, a team like ourselves that really play a pressure game. If we come off that pressure, then it's it's always difficult for us. You can probably overthink these things from the outside, which is what I'm about to do anyway. <laughs> but we talk we talk about the the mindset of of Salzburg and them already being qualified and, and, and what that does for them. Similarly, what about Celtic then, Jim, when you only need a point mm-hmm. with, without ever having been in those situations? I can't imagine that's a mindset you can afford to adopt. It needs to just be about winning the game, does it not? Yeah, I think like Brendan Rodgers said, you have to play the game the way that you feel comfortable doing it. Um, you can manage the game, as he mentions. You know, I don't think, they, they don't have to rush everything. You know, so, you know, maybe if you're having to win the game, you go and you collect the ball, uh, take quicker throw-ins, quicker free kicks, all these sort of things, you know, you try and keep the tempo up. They don't have to do that. The 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 atmosphere will generate that tempo anyway. But certainly they can manage the game, um, you know, and, and you know, understand what's required. But I think Celtic, uh, the way they play, in the, uh, when they're at their best, they're a team on the front foot. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that And I think that that's the way You'll approach the match tomorrow night um, I suppose you were talking about What can happen From a, a Salzburg perspective You know If if that real need to win Isn't there Does it ever work Where the, the pressure's off though And, and it allows you to play With a, a bit of a freedom Is that something Celtic Need to be wary of Yeah I would say so Yeah there's, there's all that You're a bit more relaxed And uh, not that kind of stress uh, On you So yeah It, it can have an advantage but I think it's always better to have something to, to play for particularly in front of your, your own fans and that's why well I've not checked the odds or whatever but I would imagine Celtic would be favourites to get the result they need and I'm assuming this debate which has rumbled on about Scott mm. Brown I'm not sure it'll ever be put to bed completely but there, there can't mm. be much of a debate left for tomorrow it's bound to be if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah, I mean, I, you would expect them to play along similar lines as been in recent weeks, but um, you know, you can just never tell. You know, again, you might just think, listen, I need someone who has experience to go in there. It's just, and there's no one would manage the game any better than him. He's got all the, the experience required for that. Understands the game, understands what's required. So he may well, um, you know, play that. And that that's the job of the manager to pick the players he thinks is best for this particular occasion. And if he believes that Scott Brown is the best player to come in, then he goes in. 01419511025 That's the number you need to get in touch tonight And if you would rather tweet Then we are at Clyde SSB Let's speak to Gary in Shettleson A big night for your team Celtic tomorrow Gary With uh, about 24 hours to go How are you feeling ahead of that game? Uh, I think it's going to be a hard game for you tomorrow So it is Where's, uh, where's the, the, um, the sort of mindset Gary In terms of how, how important do you see Progression in the Europa League I think we we all know We realised a while ago It wasn't where Celtic fans like yourself Wanted to be Wanted to be in the Champions League But now that you've got there It's going to be a big night tomorrow Sell out and all the rest of it How high up your list of priorities Is European progression? Oh very high Of course as You have to expect the best to sell it 
Do you think that? Do you think the occasion, Gary, is it going to feel like a, a Champions League night? I know it's a bit of a cliche that's been thrown around recently, but is, is that what you expect tomorrow? Ah, of course it'll be a Champions League night because the two teams are Champions League teams. I mean, Mark Guidi, you can see why there's an obvious case to argue against that, but you know what people mean in the sense that. The idea that the Europa League is a second-rate competition and that fans won't buy into it and that the sense of occasion isn't there, that that's not true for tomorrow night. Of course, people say, well, it's no a Champions League night, but yeah, yeah, well, listen, it it's, it's Champions League atmosphere. I feel like it's a full house and uh, there's a lot riding on it. You know, like just what we mentioned, you know, about Rangers 10, 15 minutes ago. There, the same applies to Celtic financially. It's a big hit. They could get a real plum tie um, for Brendan Rodgers. First time at Celtic, he would get. Into the, the the knockout stages of a of a European competition, so you put all that into the bag, and yeah, it's it's an important night, and it's also about keeping the momentum going. Because if you get the result you need tomorrow night, you've got your sixty thousand fans, your dressing room, your board, all get away happy, looking forward to Sunday as Easter Road Celtics. That whereas if you don't, then just a, a wee bit of doubt creeps in in what is an, an important month uh, before the winter break. So yeah, I think Celtic will get the uh, the result they need for sure. That helps Jim Duffy It's a nice situation to be in If you if you are looking for a win When you're so confident Yeah I mean, Celtic I think, are obviously full of that I at the think moment. that um, You know Gary's uh, You know a fan of, You know he He senses the atmosphere At Celtic Park And you know The, the Euro, Europa League's not a second rate It's second tier So But it's still a very Very tough competition With some really good sides in it but at this moment in time, Celtic and Salzburg are Europa League sides. They're not at the level of the Champions League game. Brendan Rodgers alluded to that himself in the summer. So, you know, but what they want to do is try and progress as far as they can because it gives them great football and education. It does bring, um, you know, the, the those spectacular European nights to Celtic Park. And the longer that continues, the better for Celtic, for Scottish football. But, the, you know, for, for our profile as, 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 a, as a league as well, and, and Celtic have carried that uh, mantle on their own really for the last few years obviously we, we hope that Rangers do that tomorrow night as well as I said there'd be nothing better than for both clubs but Celtic do have the better chance they are against a tougher opponent I think but they also are at home and they do have that a little bit of a, a cushion in the point. fact if yeah. they need the point uh, What else is on your mind tonight Gary? Oh, I try to talk about Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. uh, as myself as a mental health I've been through it myself and this has no just happened overnight with Lee Griffiths. This has probably gone for a good three year. So as this is just come, uh, this Lee Griffiths just coming out right now. So as so it's this one overnight thing. It's like he's been probably going through this three year, uh, like myself, as I said. Uh, and it's going to be hard for him. But if Lee's listening, uh, he he has to talk to people who he doesn't know. So as instead of going into Celtic Park and try to shy away the players and try to put a brave face on that when he's really hurting underneath, it's always good to talk to other people if he's listening. Is that something you found yourself, Gary? Definitely, def- definitely. Through three years, not at my door, uh, Celtic, my curtains, to my windows, no one any light in. I've done it. I'm not ashamed yet. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it now. I get by. I get by that stage. And I know Lee well as well. So everybody thinks because he's got this wee bit of money here, money there, money's nothing. 
but it's me and going through these stages <laughs> in your life. But yeah. it's, it's uh, about, as I say, he'll get, he'll get there. Well, if he talks to the right people, and he's no fear to talk about it. And Mark Greedy, that is the point because Gary is now aware, brave, whatever you want to call it, t- to come on and talk about it. Yeah. Gary, I'm sure, will admit there was a time when he wouldn't have wanted yeah. to come on and talk about it. Yeah. And by high profile examples like Lee Griffiths, it, 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 it can grow, it can, people can realise that it is okay. To, mm-hmm. to, to feel that way And it's certainly okay To talk about it And get better yeah, That's the whole you know, point and, and what you've got to realise and, and, and people like Gary Will have realised And Lee Griffiths Will have realised Now more than ever is There is support out there for you You're not going to be Condemned You know You're not going to be slaughtered You're, you're actually going to receive uh, Support And the most important support You can receive Is professional support And professional guidance Is what's happened And Gary's right as well Because when you listen carefully To what Brendan Rogers said He basically said this is a situation that he inherited, that he was aware about when he arrived at the football club. So this is not something that's happened to Lee Griffiths over the past few months. This is something that, that Gary's right, three, four, five years, and it's now, for whatever reason, it's come to a head, and he's had to go and face it, and the club have had to, to face up to it, and he's going to get the professional help and guidance that he's going to need over the coming weeks and months. But like I said, this is not something that Lee Griffiths will wake up after, after 10 or 12 sessions and... You know, in the middle of March, you'll be great, and that's it. This is something that Neil, uh, that Lee Griffiths, will have to face up to every day of his life, and he will need a strong network around him all the time. Gary, well said. Thank you for coming on and sharing that. Much appreciated. That was Gary and Shettleson. No one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones on Twitter. We are at Clyde SSB. Let's speak to Chris and Scythe ahead of tomorrow's game. Chris, how do you see it going? I'm a wee bit worried about it. Firstly, I'd like to say just uh, all my blessing out to Lee Griffiths. Uh, he's obviously going through a, a bit of a time just now and a uh, heart go out to everyone across the divide, no matter what. It's obviously a challenging time. But in terms of tomorrow, I'm worried the fact that um, Salisbury don't need to win. I think Celtic are much better when teams need to come at them. And I'm concerned if they just sit back and take what they take. I think they have the talent and ability. I think they're a Champions League team just to, to then get us in the break. I'm a wee bit worried about that. I think if McGregor plays, Celtic will play. I think that's the way it's been just now. And to be honest, the way the league has went at the end, in terms of the Europa League, I'm just a wee bit worried about tomorrow that maybe everyone thinks oh, they, they just need to turn up and just see what you think. Understand those concerns, Jim? Well, I don't think anyone at Celtic part or Celtic uh, in the Celtic dressing will think they just have to turn up. That's for sure. Um, and I think that um, you know once the game starts, the fans will realise it, and they do realise it. I mean, look, it's always about five wins from five games. You know, so it tells you they're a very good side. And uh, you know, as, as as Chris is saying, they might come and play a little bit freer because they don't. But they've been playing pretty free anyway with the responsibility of having to get results. I personally think. Um, if they if they have got something to even if they needed a point, I think it would have been a little bit more. It would have put a, a few elements of doubt in their mind. But the fact is that um, you know they they will have um, further in Europe to go. Obviously, they have a domestic campaign to 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 try and do. And players, I think uh, you know you know don't have that 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 same that same kind of adrenaline that's required when you actually need to win. So I I, I think Celtic are good enough. I've got good enough players Are playing well enough And being at Celtic Park as well I think all points to A, a positive result for Celtic tomorrow night We're a bit short on time Mark What about Chris's other point though Regarding Callum McGregor And his importance to what Celtic do tomorrow Yeah Callum McGregor has been absolutely outstanding um, For Celtic 
But for for the point that Chris makes Actually might actually be why Scott Brown starts tomorrow Not in place of Cal McGregor Cal McGregor will definitely start the game But maybe just to be, the fact that What you've got to remember is The first things first As long as Celtic don't lose the game So there's not that necessity to win the game So therefore you've got to make sure You're, you're, you're protecting yourself as well And that may be where Scott Brown's discipline And intelligence And, and know-how might be just as important as ever in terms of protecting something. Thank you to Chris Inkle Scythe, 01419511025 to join in uh, and stay where you are. You might even need a pen and paper for this because tonight's teaser <laughs> is a cracker. I'm going to stick my neck out right now and say I, I, I can't see you getting them all. I think you'll get close. I can't see you getting all the answers. The question is coming next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Time for Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy to tackle this full time teaser. If you're unfamiliar with the full time teaser, every night at this time we get the question up and running and we give the guys until the end of the programme to come up with the answers. The beauty of it though is that you send the questions to us. So if you fancy that, send it to fulltime at Clyde1.com. Fulltime he's, at he's, Clyde1.com. You can tell he's got a wee spring in his voice. Oh, he's he's loving this question. This is yeah, I'll give you till next Wednesday on this one. No, listen, I, I've got faith in you too. That's why I, I feel I can give you the difficult questions, honestly. Right. Dylan Patton sent this question in. Since two thousand and two. 13 players have been called up to a World Cup squad whilst playing in Scotland but they weren't at Celtic or Rangers at the time. So since 2002 and including that tournament obviously 13 players have been called up to a World Cup squad whilst playing in Scotland but weren't at Celtic or Rangers at the time. Okay. I mean getting them all would be unthinkable mm. if I'm being completely honest but let's see how you do. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one right away Jason Scotland Yes he went to the 2006 World mm-hmm. Cup mm-hmm. For Trinidad and Tobago Brent Sancho No actually Brent Sancho played in the World Cup and When? He was, oh, definitely got him in the 2000s Because I had him in Dundee Which was 2004 maybe No there wasn't 2006, 2006. Well, We're going to need to get Brent that. Sancho there, and, uh, there is what there, there is there is one from your team maybe at yeah, that time. That was, uh, we'll get a steward's inquiry on that one. Goalkeeper, it was he was in the squad. Um, Kelvin, we'll get it in a minute. You're you're on to yeah, something yes. with that one. Aye. He also Trinidad and Tobago, yeah, Trinidad Dundee, and Tobago, yeah. Because I had signed the two of them, uh, Brent and Kelvin. So I'm just trying to think. I'll, okay, get, I'll, get, I'll get in a minute. Come, I'll come to you in a second. But it's a common male first name. Aye. Kelvin John no. Close Kelvin James <laughs> Keep going It's bound to Kelvin be the next Jones. one <laughs> Kelvin Jack, Jack. Jack. Kelvin Jack There we go uh, Kelvin Jack Dundee mm-hmm. Trinidad and Tobago Stewards inquiry ongoing for Brent Sancho You've got Jason Scotland Any more? I mean it's a good place to start If you've got Jason Scotland and Kelvin Jack um, Russell Latipi Yes yeah. I was trying mm. to think who, who was the St. John's at the time Did he grab his Jason Scotland Jason Scotland I'm trying to think the two 02 and 002 Since 02 Yeah including, and, and, including and including the World Cup in 2002 Which was Japan World and Cup. Korea So I mean we Shinjuku should <laughs> Jumped about for a month Brilliant uh, I must um, say I reckon those three are really tough right, Yeah the 2002 so. ones are tough What about the most recent one? Any that would spring to mind? Oh, right, 2018 in, in Russia Russia Um just I think didn't play with Celtic Avengers. You're saying 
that, uh, that yeah, they can't have been at Celtic or Rangers at the time. Give us a couple of minutes, we'll get there. We'll get a few. Okay, yep. So since 2002, 13 uh, players have been called up. The boys, the captain, Kevin McKenna. No, he's at Hibs just now. No, he wasn't at Hibs at the time. No, Mulligan. Oh, Mulligan. Mike Mulligan. Mark Mulligan. Yeah, but he wasn't at Hibs at the time. But you're still close. For the same two reasons. Alright, so somebody else at Hibs Jamie McLaren Yes McLaren, Jamie man. McLaren Right, good start Jamie McLaren, Kelvin Jack, Jason Scotland, Russell Latipi uh, 13 players have been called up to a World Cup squad since 2002 Whilst playing in Scotland But not for Celtic or Rangers at the time uh, We're getting Brent Sancho looked into I think you might be onto something Jim No, Andy's shaking his head no, he's, he's He left He left when? He left the year before So he wasn't at Dundee during that World Cup What about the, what about the boy who was at the... The defender that was um, played for the USA that was at Hearts. No, no, you're all right. I'd, Kevin, I'd stay clear Kevin of that McKenna. one. Right, okay. Right, okay. Uh, let's hear from Robert in Erskine. What's your point tonight, Robert? Hi guys, I've got two points. Okay. Um, I was listening to your caller earlier about referees, mm. and I was looking. I watched the Rangers Dundee game on Sunday, and Rangers had a perfectly good goal chopped offside. And if you look at where the linesman was, and even the commentators on the TV, Andy Walker, etc., said the linesman guessed at the decision. Now, surely, if the linesman or the referee are not sure of a decision, they have to opt on the positive side rather than on the negative side. Is that not the way the rule works in football? Well, no, they're supposed to give the benefit of the doubt, if you want to call it that, if it's a straight but... benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. but... The thing is, and that I, I must admit, Robert, I've seen the uh, the game uh, yourself. I disagreed with. I think it was Andy Walker and somebody saying that he guessed. I think I think he's got it wrong. I think he he wasn't right in line. He's seen the player ahead. He's seen Kyle Lafferty ahead of um, the defenders. Didn't didn't wasn't right up with play, mm. so couldn't see the fact that the ball was actually played slightly back the way. So I just think he's looked at the line, and because he's running back at pace, he's not he's not seen the fact that the ball was actually pulled back slightly. So yeah, he did get it wrong, but I don't I don't think it was um, I, I don't think it's the worst decision yeah. we've seen this year. I think it's uh, there's been a lot worse decisions than that, and I, and and I can kind of get a little bit because he was ahead of the the, yeah. the line of the players how how he thought running back towards the the goal that he was offside. I wonder if that phrase is is actually unhelpful, Mark Guidi. When you when you talk about the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt, surely the referee or the assistant referee, the whole point is that in his head, I'm not saying it's right, but in his head, he he, he doesn't have doubt. He either thinks mm-hmm. it's offside or it's not. Mm-hmm. So you, you've not got time to compute and go. Well, it was probably offside. I think it was, um, but I've got a little bit of doubt that it was. So I'll just give the benefit to, to that team. Surely you, you just have to, you have to make a decision, and you can't get it right all the time. Yeah, you, you've got to be instinctive, and, and you put your you put your hand up. You think it's offside, or you don't. And uh, you know it, it, it was uh, it was an error. Um, was it in a par with the one the week before in terms of of opposites? With, you know, with Morelos' Morelos, goal, yeah. yeah. Although I would say probably Morelos's one was an easier one to call because it, it's from a it's from a dead ball, yeah. whereas that one's you know in, in moving uh, play. But then you look at a, a great decision on on Saturday. Was it was it Nick Walsh the, the, the penalty kick um, for for uh, which game for Celtic Kilmarnock? I can't the remember right, the right, right, right in the stamp of the the the, the, the stamp, and I, I thought watching it in telly first time. Oh, that was never a penalty kick. 
it turns out it was, you know, and he got it late, and you're talking with with inches to spare, yeah. and, and he called absolutely. I'm sure it was. I think it was Nick Walsh, but anyway. Um, can I say? Can I just say? Oh, yeah. I, I've seen so many decisions this season where the linesmen are not keeping up with play, and I go back to the boys' point earlier about professional referees or non-professional referees. The amount of linesmen I've seen this season making decisions when they're five yards. It's happened to Rangers two or three times now. The ref, the linesman is five yards behind the play. They're not capable of keeping up with the play. So they're either not reading the game properly or they're just not fit enough. And I find it astonishing the amount of times. The other thing, going back to referees, the amount of time-wasting that referees do not pull teams up for is quite appalling this season. I thought it was bad last season, but it's getting so much mm. worse this season. What, what, what ones, Chris? The the ones you're talking about, the linesmen have been, you know, at least five yards behind play with Rangers. What what other instances are there? I, I'm I'm trying to remember the game. Uh, it wasn't the Hearts game, or was it the Hearts game? I think it was the Hearts game. And I've I've seen referees two or three times, not more than two or three times, where they're flagging for decisions and they're not even up with play. I mean, I must admit, Jim, I, d- I certainly don't have the, I don't have the data, I don't have the proof. I, I'll admit that straight up. But given the sort of rigorous fitness mm-hmm. tests and, and regime that they go on, I would personally, just me, would be pretty surprised if that was a fitness thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Think I mean, they it seem is, super fit. Uh, yeah. but no, I don't. But again, as I said, you know, if if there's been a, a transition, as they call it, a counter attack, you know, so, so you're up the pitch, the, ref, the line's about halfway your line, someone sticks the ball over the top, and then you're running back at pace. And you see the way they run, they're kind of leaning forward yeah. because they're trying to see where the defenders are, the line of the ball, the angle of the ball, etc. So oh, as you say, they're computing all this in a millisecond and then as that ball's played, they're looking at a variety of things to see whether he's offside or not. And they do get it wrong on occasion. Yeah. But I, again, I, I get back to my earlier point, referees are getting it wrong all over the world. And, and particularly in the, in the highest profile league in the world, which is the English Premiership. Time and time again, basic... Uh, mistakes are made from assistants and referees and they are full time so I don't think it's getting to do with that I just think the fact is we, we make a few errors and when it's when we get it in games up here particularly involved in the old firm um, that is highlighted and dissected and you know and, and it, it really takes another almost another yeah. level I, I, I'm astonished at the, the actual the amount that linesmen get right mm-hmm. you know, you know Chris is there is astonished at the amount that they get wrong. I don't know the amount of time you're sitting watching a telly a live game in, in Scotland. And I say, oh God, he was offside. He was way offside there. Or no, he was he was onside. And then you know you've got the benefit then of slowing it down. And the amount of times that, that they actually they're right. I think you've got to credit them because you are talking, Gordon, as you say, you're no running with play. With play. You know, you're, you're getting the hardest ones must second. be when when Aye. defender is moving away from goal at the same uh-huh. time as the striker's moving Aye. towards goal and the ball gets you played. That. And you think, wow! And, and actually, I think you know they actually don't get enough credit the assistant referees for the amount that they get right. Yes, they'll always get one or two wrong, but the amount they get right, they actually deserve to the be go, applauded. The goal on Monday night's football, Everton against Watford. Uh, I, I think it's uh, Walcott is by whatever 10 yards offside and the ball comes to him and he stops it with his foot and plays it to the other player who then crosses it and uh, he, Everton score it's an absolute blatant offside but he didn't get it I mean because the referee or, or was, wasn't was 100% sure if he actually touched the ball mm. but he did touch it quite you know mm. a, a, quite a decent touch on actually but Again, at that level, looking right across, no one in front of him, it wasn't players crossing over, it wasn't too difficult, he wasn't running up to play, he was actually standing in line with the last player, and he still got it wrong. So, listen, it does happen, but I do think, 
I do think we go overboard a little bit up here about decisions when, as I said, it happens in every level of football. Final word to you, Robert. Can, can I can ask can I also just another point sure. about the time wasting of mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. and and the referee allowing mm-hmm. the time wasting tactics, even. You know, goalkeepers going to get the ball when it goes behind, they mm. keep it up. Then they have mm. to walk to the other side of the box, and it throw in the amount of time that players take to take them. I, and 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 I see it when players, teams come to Rangers and they're getting, they're they're drawing and and the, the time wasting tactics. But the referees allow it, and I think mm. I, I counted uh, the last game at Ibrox. I, I, I counted something like eight minutes in the first half. And what was given as extra minutes? Two minutes. Mm. Mm. I find it shocking the amount of time-wasting mm. tactics. I would agree with you on that. I think there should always be, always be more. You know, it just, just seems down to be, on it early though. That yeah, seems to be, you know, if you, to, yeah. as soon as you give the first booking for time, you know, it's not going to happen yeah. again. No, but I'd agree with you. Certainly, agree with you hundred percent on on that. There should be more time added on. Right. Thank you to Robert Nerskin. We did have a game last night, of course. Big players produce big moments, but Lewis Ferguson must do it more often. That's the advice from Derek McInnes after the young midfielder scored a dramatic winner for the Dons in a five-goal thriller against Livingston Big players produce big moments you know and um, we'd like to see a more regular return of goals from them um, you know we put that demand on the players yesterday we had um, we spoke about having to take more ownership you know, of getting on the end of things and causing more of a threat and I felt that you know all the front players we spoke to um, McGinn gets his goal Cosgrove gets his goal May done everything but get his goal and Ferguson is an attack midfielder and comes up with a winning goal. And uh, you know he's 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 a boy who's settled in really well. He he battled manfully in there with Shinny. They had that extra man in midfield, but we compensated for that with that extra one on the side. And uh, you know Shinny and Ferguson done a real shift in there along with Stevie May dropping in. Cracking game. Aberdeen into the top six, and again young Lewis Ferguson. Arguably Aberdeen's Most important player This season Or certainly one of I would say by a distance I would say Scott by, McKenna Yeah Scott mention. McKenna Has been terrific But I think in terms of You know going to You know considering Where he was And you know I think Well I don't know Derek McKenna's been with you But I would imagine When Derek signed him From, from Hamilton They've paid around 250 grand yeah, Which yeah. is a bargain All day long That Derek probably Wouldn't have thought He'd get the return That he's had You know the winning goal Against Rangers mm-hmm. You know, Burnley the overhead kick. Burnley, even in the cup final, even though Aberdeen lost it a couple of weeks ago, I thought it was a really demanding performance, commanding performance from from Lewis Ferguson going toe to toe with your, your Scott Browns and other experienced campaigners. Um, and I said in the show, I think last week, you know, I, I think they're going to become worth millions of pounds to Aberdeen. Um, and the market is already interest in him, but um, he has been brilliant. In the, the heart of that team That's players that I'm talking about That I think he gives Aberdeen An identity More so than Graham Shinney I think he's really taken that By the scruff of the neck And grown into the role Yeah I just think that It was a great piece of business From Aberdeen Great scouting mm. You know to see that player Potential yeah, He didn't you know? play that many no, games no, 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 A dozen games for Hamilton Yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying But the scouting You know they've, they've went in there And they've, they've You know for a club at Aberdeen Even to pay that amount of money don't get me wrong I think I think Hamilton entitled to more But mm-hmm. Regardless of that I think for Aberdeen To get him for that Was an absolute snip yeah. But to but to have You know the You know the The awareness The knowledge And, and the assessment Of that player And say right He can come in And in a very short period of time Be an integral part Of our first team 
I think it's a great great piece of business from um, from Derek McInnes The question tonight Since 2002 13 players have been called up to a World Cup Whilst playing in Scotland They weren't at Celtic or Rangers at the time Guys like Russell Latipi, Jason Scotland Kelvin Jack and Jamie McLaren uh, Ari Anderson, Iceland Just at yes. the World Cup there Ari Aberdeen. Anderson I like this uh, this tweet from Alan Lapp And he says I was in the shop sticking my lottery on Did either of them say And then he's named one of the ones you haven't got So Alan, no they haven't And that means if you win Fire some of it our way We'll get back to the phones next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Which means they've got work to do on the full time teaser If you've got a good question and you'd like to hear it on the show Then please send it to fulltime at clyde1.com That is fulltime at clyde1.com So Dylan Patton sent this one in uh, Since and including 2002 13 players have been called up to a World Cup Whilst playing in Scotland But were not at Celtic or Rangers at the time Difficult, I'm sure you'll agree So guys like Russell Latipi, Jason Scotland and Kelvin Jack uh, Trinidad and Tobago Jamie McLaren, Hibs and Australia Carrie Arneson, Aberdeen and Iceland Any more during the break? Colin Samuel, Dundee United and Trinidad Yep, 2006 as well And Fan Z, who was, uh, I think he was Chinese captain Yes, Fan Z Now, Dundee. were you at Dundee the same time as him? Yes, I was uh, He wasn't there very long because Um... Well, I don't think his heart was really in it when I went, but I remember the first one of the first couple of days I was there for pre-season and he came in and we're going to train and he just came in and went, and obviously his accent, which I won't do, but uh, uh, Gaffer, I have cough. And then he went, <laughs> like that. What, you're, what, what your kids do when they're really young yeah, and they want off before, school. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, oh, that's really bad. You better go up to the physio and make sure you're looked after. Uh, let's just say within about two weeks he was off Funny that he well, was well he went to the World <laughs> Cup in 2002 yeah. Which helps you tonight for the teaser Fan Z is the latest one uh, Right if you're playing along at home And some of you are Some of you are doing very well on Twitter mm. At Clyde SSB Hugh Moans just mm. comes flying in there With one that you're looking for You're looking for two from the 02 World Cup mm. You're looking for one from the 06 World Cup Which mm. I cannot see you getting And you're looking for three from the 2010 World Cup Nine three two six. Uh, was it two fourteen? Was that? So it was only Ari Anderson, Carrie Anderson. Uh, 14, that was yeah. the only one. None from no, that was um eighteen. Oh, sorry, eighteen. Yeah, so there's sorry, none 18. from there's so none from the the two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Nope. Which okay. so was in Brazil. God, I'm trying to think. Yeah, where it was. There's none from that anyway. No, there's, there's none from, from that one. So you're so looking for three South from South, South Africa. Africa. Yep. God, I'm toiling now. I'm really toiling. Yeah, I remember it's it's eight year ago. It's not exactly yesterday. So try try get back to it. Alright Right. What about one guy Who played up here for One of our bigger clubs out, Outside Celtic and Rangers Obviously Because that's part of the question Both. <laughs> uh, And went to the World Cup For an African nation And still plays his football At a very high level An African nation Cameroon Senegal uh, Egypt uh, Morocco <laughs> This is geography yeah, with no, Mark Weedy and Jim Duffy. Think, uh, oh, I don't know. He's a countryman know. of Diddy Drogba. Okay, well, Ivory Coast. Right. Uh, Played big, with big, one uh, of our Edinburgh clubs. Oh, uh, Saul Bamba. Yes. Saul Bamba. Saul Bamba. Saul Bamba. No, he was at Hibs at the Bamba. time, Ivory Coast. All right, still work to be done. Let's speak to Bernie in the south side. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Bernie. Hi, Bernie. Hi, B
Hi there, guys. Can you hear me? Yep, got you all good. Yeah. <laughs> the guy says to me I'd only been waiting for a couple of minutes. and that. I Oh, thought, God, it's, it's quite a long time. I look at that clock. My apologies. Oh, absolutely fine. That's absolutely Sorry, fine. Bernie. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, about the Lee Griffiths situation, mm-hmm. if that was okay. Sure. Um, it was just to say, you know, I think it's been really brave. Um Obviously, he's got problems, you know what I mean? They've come out and made a statement, you know what I mean? It's not made a statement in itself, but um, the the um, Celtic has come out and has made a statement on his behalf. Can you still hear me? Yeah, got you. Yeah. No, it's just weird there because I've been listening to the radio. I know you can't hear yourself, so long, don't like, you worry. We've got you loud and clear. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just to say, you know, um, well done. Um, for him and for his statement, do you know what I mean, and full support for him, do you know what I mean. This is an ongoing battle. You know, it's not something I just hope every fan understands. It's not something that he's going to get over overnight, you know, or like in a few weeks' time or, you know, even a few months' time, you know. It's something experienced in his life just now and it's going to take him time do you know what I mean? And he's, uh, I know he's absolutely support behind him. And I just hope, like, right across the board, do you know what I mean, for every single fan, no matter, do you know what I mean, what your creed or colour, do you know what I mean, or your colours are, you know, you'll get behind, like, issues like this, you know, and say, you know, we're behind you because it's a long time coming um, in this situation, do you know what I mean, for people you know, and I think you're right, Bernie. Yeah. What, what we've said is this is something that won't, you know, just you know, it's not a physical injury where Lee Griffiths will get treatment and his leg will be fine. And, and he'll be in the goal. Six weeks this and... is something that will be with him for the rest of his life. Something that he will have to cope with and deal with and try and avoid and and keep his demons at bay with all the different issues that, that, that he'll face. It's a knock-on effect from the, from the different problems. So it's something that he will have for the rest of his life. When he's retired as a footballer, when he's doing whatever he's doing, when he's 40-year-old, 50-year-old, 60-year-old, he will have this to face every day in his life. And that's why I need a strong support network. He'll have to be very strong himself, not to give any temptation to, to, to anything and to stay strong and, and, and keep believing that he can get up you know, every day out of his bed and battle his demons and have a good day in life and that's something that he'll need to learn to do I mean I noticed on Twitter Hibs have put a picture of him up celebrating you know it's a club that very close to his heart yeah. we're all with you Lee it says quite simply um, and that, listen you, we can't possibly know where he will draw strength from but I'm, I'm sure messages of support and there, there have been many from so many players all across the place um, I mean it's certainly a good start Yeah I mean listen it's, it's, it's twofold for for, for, uh, for Lee Griffiths and one is he's got a fantastic support network at Celtic and you know, he will have a lot of support around the football uh, world. But the other side of it, he is high profile. So therefore, as Matt says, it's not like uh, maybe if you're working in an office or something like that, you can deal with it and you can move quietly and go on with your life. Everything that he does draws attention. Yeah, yeah, draws attention. So it's very difficult for him just to kind of try and move on and move forward. But he does have, as I said, a fantastic support network. And that will be... Uh, pivotal going forward for, as Mark says for, for the years to come so uh, and, and I think also he can use that you know to help other people we heard Gary on earlier on who's one of the callers and uh, you know all credit to him for coming on and, and give us some of his experience so you know if he can use it to help people um, you know to, to, to face up to challenges to face up to issues then I think that uh, that profile can be beneficial 
Thank you to Bernie in the south side. That'll probably uh, be enough on the. In fact, and just as I say that, Livingston as well. So former clubs. Yeah. Teammates, everyone sort of rallying together. Livingston now putting uh, some support on social media there for Lee Griffiths. Um, right, I think we're, we're certainly in the, the closing stages. Just some, some quick final thoughts on tomorrow's game games from you both. Uh, Celtic to win, Rangers to draw. So Celtic going through, no doubt. Don't need to worry about the draw, it's a win for you as yeah. far as you're concerned. Uh, Jim Duffy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I actually had done, I said a, a similar thing in, the, in Monday uh, that I felt that um, Rangers would maybe just fall at the final hurdle and, and, and draw and Celtic would do enough to get through um, with probably an arrow win. But as I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that both teams get through mm-hmm. and I hope the Rangers go out there and, and turn in the type of performance that they have in them um, and maybe just that kick up the backside that the manager's going to give them uh, might just spur them on to victory Right, any more on the teaser? I hope the answer's yes No, I'm oh, done great. I'm done okay. Well I'll give you Close. the one that I really don't think you'll get And yeah, we'll work towards well, the rest Give us a clue uh, Falkirk and Trinidad and Tobago But I don't even think he played any league games for Falkirk right, From what I can he? see Denzel Theobald oh, for Nah, I didn't think so yeah. Alright uh, Jerry got that on Twitter by the way Well done to Jerry, Jerry uh, Right, okay What about 2002 Hibs And a South American country Oh Ulysses de la Cruz Yes Ulysses uh, de la Cruz Let's do it in chronological order Villa? Chronological yeah. order if you like From the same World Cup Aberdeen and Denmark That's a tough one. Oh, Peter Kyer Yes Peter yeah. Kyer mm. Alright we're getting there You've got two left Both from the 2010 tournament um, One of these Well whilst we're on goalkeepers This one's a goalie Slovakian um, Toilet Dundee United Oh, uh, oh, no, I'll never get that one. Ah, I think did he play in the was he in the Scottish Cup winning no. team? Peter Houston's team. No, I'm not sure if he was. Uh, certainly around that time, obviously. 2010, I think he was Peter Houston's team. But I don't know his name. Dusan, no, Dusan. Patrick Pernis. Dusan Yeah. What about someone who went for New Zealand and was at Motherwell at the time? McGinley. Close McGlinchey Michael McGlinchey Michael McGlinchey And that is you You've nailed it With a bit of help But you got there in the end Never in doubt Thank you Mark Greedy (laughs) And Jim Duffy For joining me Gordon Duncan Big thanks for all the calls And tweets Busy as always So apologies if you didn't get through But tomorrow night We are back Huge night For both Celtic and Rangers In Europe So make sure you join us Mark Wilson's here Gordon DL as well And in the meantime Stay put Callum Gallagher Is up next One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com.